Hey guys, it's Allison. I am so glad you're here with me. I want to tell you that this podcast, From Weeds to Wildflowers, it's all about resilience. So then it's pretty much about life. And if you've ever experienced life, then this podcast could possibly be for you. I want to put a disclaimer out there first. I am not a therapist. I'm not here to give you advice or to tell you what to do. What I am though is human. Yep, same as you. A human being that has an immense desire to want to help people discover ways to heal. There is so much suffering in this world, some of which stems from outside influences, but most of our suffering comes from within, from our own devices. And that is what worries me the most. I too have suffered, and yes, some of which came by means of my own hands. I would love for you to join me and walk alongside me as we navigate this wonderful, beautiful, sometimes frightening thing we call life. Let's find out what we're made of, and perhaps we can find ways we can do it better. Help me to unearth skills to dig deep in search of proverbial water that heals. Let's learn how to bloom wherever we find ourselves, not just where we're planted, and uncover the source of our own innate personal happiness. Come on now. Let's do this together. Hey guys, and can I just say, holy cow, so much has happened in the last couple of weeks. It's truly mind blowing. And you know, it feels like it's been more than a couple of weeks. I don't know if you guys have felt that as well, but yeah, and I can't tell you all that's happened in one episode, but I do want to talk about some of it here and over multiple episodes. I just want to say that, you know, it's, it feels like a shift has happened, a shift within me. I feel like I'm almost living a new me, but to the point of today, one of the things that I want to touch on is the way that we think and not just the way that we think, but what we think. Now, I know that I'm not going to say probably anything new to you. I'm sure it's stuff you've heard before. But maybe, just maybe, the way that I say it might be said in such a way that it might resonate with you. Whereas maybe, perhaps it didn't before. Sometimes it takes something being explained in a specific way to take root. Or perhaps maybe you're in a place in your life where you want to hear it or you're ready to hear it. But whatever the case, I hope that it touches you on a deep enough level for something to shift inside of you. Because there needs to be change. A shift needs to happen. Hell, it needs to happen all over the world. And guess what? That begins with me. And that begins with you too. So... Let's get to it, shall we? Okay, so the way we think and what we think. As I'm sure that you've heard before, that most of our daily thoughts running in the background of our lives, in our subconscious, that they're the same thoughts that we thought yesterday and the day before and the day before that. And they will be the same thoughts that we think tomorrow and the day after. Not just that, but those recurring thoughts, those thoughts that are on that continuous loop in our subconscious, most of them are negative thoughts, self-defeating thoughts, 
Now, that's just plain gross. So, if this is the case, which it is, why in the hell are we doing nothing about it? Why are we accepting this as the norm, as our reality? This needs to be amended. And if you weren't aware of that already, well, you are now. Accept this as your formal invitation for change. All right, then let's talk thoughts. So there was a guided meditation that I had listened to a while ago, and it made an impact on me so much so that I listened to it more than once. Now, if you're somebody who knows me well enough, then you know I am not the type of person to read books more than once, watch movies more than once, or listen to meditations more than once. Only for a few exceptions. Now, this is one of those exceptions. It's a guided meditation that can still actually be found on Insight Timer, and I will make sure to include it in the show notes so that you can go listen to it if you'd like to. The teacher, the meditation teacher, recounts the story of a tribal leader teaching his grandson about life. He speaks to his grandson about a fight that's going on inside of himself. A fight that is honestly going on inside each of us. And he describes it as a fight between two wolves. The one wolf, the dark wolf, represents the dark emotions that exist within each of us. Those of anger, greed, envy, sorrow, regret, guilt, shame, lies, false pride, superiority, ego, and the list goes on. The other wolf, the light wolf, well, that wolf represents the other side, the lighter emotions, those of joy, peace, love, hope, light, serenity, empathy, grace, kindness, compassion, truth. The grandson asked the grandfather, Grandfather, what wolf will win? The grandfather states, The wolf that you feed. <laughs> Can I tell you? Boom! It was like a freaking mic drop when I listened to that for the first time. I actually had to start it over and listen to it again because it was so profound. So... The question we get to ask ourselves, what wolf are we feeding? What wolf are we choosing to feed? Are we choosing to feed the wolf that is causing us to suffer? Choosing those dark emotions and thoughts when we think them, embody them. Those dark emotions and thoughts, when we think them, when we embody them, they're doing just that. They are causing us to suffer prolonging our suffering? Or are we choosing the wolf that liberates our suffering? All right, I will come back around to this. I recently bought a small book written by a Vietnamese monk that some of you may know by the name of Thich Nhat Hanh. The book is called No Mud, No Lotus. Now, I am not sure what you know about the lotus plant or flower, or what it takes to produce a lotus flower. But let me give you a little background here. The lotus is an ancient plant and it's long been admired for its beauty. But not just that, 
the lotus, while it is beautiful, also carries much in the way of symbolism in various cultures. And part of the reason for the symbolism are the conditions that are required to grow one. The lotus seeds require mud for germination. That's right, I said mud. Without the mud, we have no lotus plant, and thus no lotus flower. This mud is usually found at the bottom of a water source, like a pond. The seed deposits into the mud, and then germination occurs. Once germination ensues, the seed then begins to sprout. Its roots grow down into the mud, while the leaves and the flowers begin to form, growing upwards towards the water's surface. The plant continues to grow up, up, up until it breaches the surface of the water, where then and only then the flower can bloom, rooted in mud and free-floating above. Quite amazing, even up at this point, but I want to go a little further. The lotus flower only blooms for a few days. It blooms just long enough for pollination to occur. But something that is magical is that when they bloom, they will bloom in the day and then at nightfall, the flower will close back up and dip back down into the mud, into the water, only to rise again and rebloom the next morning. I won't go further into this, but needless to say, if there is no mud, there is no lotus flower. So the first application here is that we all require mud to bloom. There can be no up without the down. There can be no right without the left. If there was no dark, there could be no light. So then, if there is no suffering, there can be no happiness. They are not separate. Thich Nhat Hanh states that there is no realm where there is only happiness and there is no suffering. But it's in the knowing how to suffer well that's essential to realizing true happiness. When we're in the midst of suffering, at the very core of our suffering, we tend to think that that is all that's there. And that happiness, <laughs> well, that happiness either doesn't exist or that happiness belongs to a totally different time. But this is so far from the truth. They aren't separate. They coexist. They exist together. If we didn't have suffering, happiness would cease to be happiness. And vice versa. Thich Nhat Hanh explains it best when he states that if the left said to the right, Right, I want you to go away. I don't need or want you. I only want the left. Well, that would be nonsense. For if the right went away, then the left would have to stop existing as well. There would be no need for a left if we didn't have a right. It's in the happiness that you've experienced thus far that makes obvious the suffering it's not that when you're finished suffering that happiness can be present. They are already there together simultaneously. It is an illusion to think that one exists without the other. 
And once you remove the mask, the one that's hiding happiness amidst the suffering, you'll be able to observe the happiness that is right there at your very fingertips. It takes a little practice, but it's there. Happiness is possible right now, today, every day, amidst or among the suffering. It's yours, no matter the circumstance. And that doesn't mean that suffering ceases to exist. As long as your happiness isn't rooted in things other than yourself, then happiness will always be available. They're both transitory and always changing. Sometimes one takes the lead and other times the other takes the lead. And sometimes in that transition, we just have regular old life, not necessarily suffering, but not in these huge expansive moments of happiness either. That is what is so beautiful about life. It's always changing. And you know what? It's a matter of focus, of staying in touch with what is actually going on. If we look deeply at our roots, the roots of our suffering, and we're able to let go of habits and ideals, rhetoric, or stealth thoughts that are feeding it, then suffering can be a beneficial teacher. We can learn so much from that that causes us to suffer and happiness can ensue. So just as the lotus flower requires the mud to grow, so too do we require mud to grow. Our mud being the challenges and obstacles, any type of suffering, whatever it may be in our life. So as to produce the beautiful flowers of our life, those flowers can be things such as understanding, kindness, compassion, love, and happiness. You can't grow lotus flowers on marble. And although the mud doesn't smell so good, the lotus flower smells so good. We must live with the inconveniences of the mud if we want the flower. So then, here's our application, we too must also suffer the disruptions of life if we want happiness, along with the realization that everything is temporary, the good, the bad, all of it. If we're able to do away with the illusion of permanence, oh man, it can transform your life. It can transform your suffering to suffering well and with purpose. And that purpose is happiness. So just like Thich Nhat Hanh says, most of us have enough suffering inside of us and around us for happiness to be possible. That we don't have to create more. And yet, we do. Our minds absolutely create more suffering. It's when we get stuck in the mud where all you see is mud, that we start feeling overwhelmed with despair. When this happens, all you can see is suffering all around, 360 degree view of suffering. This is where we need to try to not victimize against the mud, but instead, remember that the mud is necessary. I'm not talking about toxic positivity here, not at all. We can look at our suffering. We can recognize it. We can name it. We can sit with it. 
But once we start rolling in it and being defined by it, becoming one with it, this is where we become despaired, where we lose hope and all we can see is mud and we begin circling the drain. And that's where an interruption needs to occur. You know, our minds are amazing and yet oh, so terribly frightening at the same time. It's through our thoughts that our suffering is confirmed and maintained. When we feel something, an emotion, say something like anger, when we feel anger, there are certain things that happen in our bodies, but it's our minds that keep those feelings going. It's our minds that turn the conveyor belt on autopilot. We obsess, we ruminate, we go over and over and over things in our minds, often making stories out of nothing, or maybe even sometimes out of something, but then our minds can grow them into something bigger, something worse, something that may or may not even be true. It's kind of like the boogie monster under the bed. Although we've never seen it and we don't know if it really exists, we still think about it and obsess about it. We dream it up to be something huge and ugly. So how can we suffer well here? What's needed once a strong emotion comes up is you need to stop. Stop and take care of it before it takes root any deeper. Pay attention to what's happening. Stop and breathe. Take a breath. Nice and slow. Taking your time. Making your exhale as long as possible. Realizing that this is only an emotion. One emotion. And you... You're so much more than one emotion. You're a body. You are feelings, perceptions, mental formations, and consciousness. The territory of your being is huge. Tignan relates this to a tree in a storm. That when the storm arises, if you focus your attention on the top of the tree, You'll notice that the leaves and the branches are blowing wildly in the wind, looking as if they could break at any moment. But if you begin to draw your attention down to the trunk, you will notice that the trunk is less affected by the storm than the leaves and branches were. The closer you get to the base of the trunk, you begin to see the stability in the tree how it's rooted into the earth and is less affected by the storm. So we too need to go down, down from our structured and swirling mind, those parts of us that are much like the leaves and branches of the tree, our racing thoughts and follow the tree, follow ourselves down down, down to our trunk, to our chest and belly, and focus on the breath. 
focus on the rise and fall of our trunk and realize that this emotion is here only for a short time and that it will pass. It will go away just like the storm for nothing lasts forever. But you know what? You don't have to wait until a strong emotion comes along to practice this. In fact, it's best if you practice this before that happens. Then you already know what to do. This is where we employ a daily mindfulness practice, becoming aware of what's happening in our minds on a daily or more frequent basis. So I'll talk about this more on another episode of the podcast when I discuss the importance of daily mental mindful practices in our lives, who does them, what we gain by having one, and how it totally relates to resilience and is actually the epitome of resilience. But I want you to practice something for me for the next week and see if it makes a change and causes a shift to happen within yourself. So what I want you to do is first choose a type of a reminder for yourself. Just something that's going to remind you a few times a day, whether it is actually putting a timer on your phone or it's when you see this number that you remember to do this or this color or whatever. What I want you to do is when this thing comes into view or when this timer goes off, I want you to stop what you're doing as long as it's safe and pay attention to your thoughts. What are you thinking in that moment? The more aware you become of your thoughts, instead of just letting them run wild, the better able you'll be to change those thoughts. Because our minds, most often than not, don't tell us the truth. Whatever the thought may be, it may feel real, but is it actually true? Ask yourself those questions when you try this out for the next week and see what happens. Listen to how you talk to yourself unknowingly, let alone knowingly. You know, I bet you'll be surprised. Once you start paying attention, you will have the opportunity to change them. So then, back to what we were talking about in the beginning. What wolf will you feed? The one that causes us to suffer or the one that liberates our suffering and helps us to suffer well? Just like Thich Nhat Hanh said, there is no realm that exists where there is no suffering, as suffering is essential to happiness. But it is when we are able to suffer well that makes all the difference. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next time.